Hello, friends. Sleep Tight Stories, Sleep Tight Relax, and Sleep Tight Science are now available to play on Story Button, the device that makes it easy to listen to our shows and more without having to use a phone or tablet. This month, you can save $10 at storybutton.com when you use the code SLEEPTIGHT. Story Button, the home of imagination. Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story tonight is about a beetle named Butterwops, who has lived for a long time but is sad because his younger beetles are not listening and their numbers are getting smaller. One day, Jimmy, his great-grandson, comes to him with good news. Butterwops gathers the other beetles and they move to a new house where everything is going well until Jimmy decides to let the women see him. Then, things start to change. Close your eyes if you'd like and feel warm and secure. Now, I would like you to focus on your breathing. Take three soft, slow breaths and feel how the air fills your body. Next, breathe in and feel air coming in through your nose. Breathe out through your mouth and count one. Breathe in and notice air filling your lungs. Breathe out and count two. Breathe in and see the air filling your belly like a balloon. Breathe out and count three. Repeat this a few more times, noticing how the air comes in through your nose, fills your belly, and then goes out through your mouth. Taking deep belly breaths helps us relax and focus at any time of the day, but it's a great habit to have before sleep. Try to keep breathing slowly and deeply as we continue with Butterwops. Once upon a time, there was a black beetle named Butterwops. He was very old, very wise, and had seen a great deal of the world. He had lived in a number of different houses 
and was said to know more about the various qualities of sugar than a blue bottle, and to understand the ways of men better than a cricket. Therefore, it is not to be wondered that he became the leader of a small army of beetles who called him the general. He had a thick, hoarse laugh and could tell many tales, both fierce and merry, of battles he had fought against earwigs, cockroaches, and caterpillars. But for some time, his laugh had not been heard, and he had been sad and melancholy, for his army was decreasing by the thousands. And if things went on in the way they were going, there would soon be not a single beetle left to listen to the tales of the general. The kitchen he lived in had plenty to eat in it and was warm and comfortable with lots of cracks in the walls and ceilings to live in during the day. But lately the man of the house had taken to spreading yellow powder over the floor, and the young beetles would eat it, and it disagreed with them. This yellow powder, so Butterwops told me, smelled deliciously of sugar and cheese, and all the young beetles, being greedy, ate it up whenever they could find it. What happened to them after they tasted it was this. As soon as they had three mouthfuls, they felt a bad pain underneath their shell and turned over on their backs. And in the morning, the cook swept them up and threw them into the garden. No wonder Butterwops felt sad. He himself never tasted anything unless he had seen another beetle try it first and had watched him walk around for about five minutes. That is how he came to live to be old and become general. But he told nobody that, keeping it a secret. Butterwops had a great-grandson called Little Jimmy. He was very lively and adventurous, and was always trotting across the floor in the daytime to frighten the cook. So it is a wonder he had lived as long as he had. He did not eat the yellow powder, for he was an obedient little beetle and always did what Butterwops told him to do. As he ran about so much in the daytime, he was generally the first to hear the news. And one day, about this time, he came to Butterwops and told him that the house on the other side of the street was rented. And he had seen some people moving into it while he was sitting on the windowsill Thursday evening, which was the cook's night out. Fancy that, said Butterwops. I used to live in that house when I was just a tiny little beetle about your size. It is a grand old house. Not a skirting board within half an inch of the floor. Cracks in all the walls and holes in the plaster 
I wonder what sort of people are living in it. Newly married people, said little Jimmy, whatever that means. I heard the cook say so, and the policeman told her about it. Ah, said Butterwops, rubbing his hind legs together thoughtfully. Newly married people. They will do for us. They will have lots of sugar and leave it about. And then they will get some children to live with them. And the children won't eat all their food and will make crumbs all over the floors. There will be lots to eat. We shall move. That night, the general called all the beetles round him after the cook had rolled the rug up and had gone to bed. And sitting on the heel of one of the owner's boots, which were drying on the rack, explained to all the beetles that they must move across the road. Or, he said, there is a newly married couple over the way. Now this kind of human being eats little else than sugar and knows nothing of the ways of the world or the habits of the beetle. Their hearts are full of kindness, and believing others to be as good as they are, they leave the best food in the easiest places. So happy are they together that they would not interfere with the happiness of others, even though they were black and wear shells. With them, we may live for many years in health and comfort. Whereas here, our numbers drop every day. Get ready then and follow me carefully and quickly. But when you are on the pavement in the road, listen carefully for the tread of the policeman. If he comes among us while we are on the pavement, he will step on many of us, for policemen have bigger feet than any other kind of man. Only, luckily, they wear squeaky boots so that they may be heard coming a long way off. Now follow me and remember what I have said. So speaking, he crawled off the boot, down across the floor, under the scullery door, along the garden walk, across the pavement, in at the opposite gateway, round to the back door of the other house, and in half an hour, Butterwops, Little Jimmy, and 249 of the beetles were safe in their new house, having crossed the road with the loss of only three beetles. Two tumbled down a drain, and a third lost his way in trying to make a shortcut across a flower bed. They all set to work getting comfortable in their new quarters, and Butterwops, who liked to be near the fire, found a crack in the wall on top of the oven where they dried the wood. From this place of safety, he could come out and walk around among the warm wood and enjoy the heat, and yet run away on the first alarm. This is divine, he said, as he sat warming himself and watching 25 beetles climbing into the sugar bowl at once. This is peace and quiet, and here we shall be very happy. 
As for the man of the old house they had lived in, he was very happy too, and wrote and told the man from whom he had bought the yellow powder, your powder has gotten rid of all the beetles in my house. And the man who sold that powder printed that in all the newspapers, and other people bought it. But it did not get rid of all their beetles, and that made them angry. Now, if they read this story, they would know what had really happened. Although, as I have said, the house itself was very old and suitable for beetles in every respect, yet all the things in the house were new, and perhaps the newest thing of all was the young worker, who seemed rather jealous of all the other new things and often broke them. At this time, they had no cat, and as there was no one else to blame, the new wife scolded the new worker, and then they both cried. Especially if it happened, as it often did, that what was broken was a wedding present. However, the wife was far too happy to be angry for long, and too proud of all the beautiful pots and pans in the kitchen which she loved better than any of the lovely furniture in the drawing room, to keep away from them for many hours. Besides, the young worker did not know much about anything, and the wife used to help her to cook, and especially to get the husband's dinner ready when he came home. Indeed, in spite of all the breakages, they were all very happy. The wife would go around the house singing brightly and cheerfully, while the young worker had four lumps of sugar in her tea and a large slice of cake with it every night, so that she was quite happy, although singing was out of the question. As for the husband, you had only to see him running up the house steps to see how glad he was to get home again after his day's work. And dear old Butterwops, why, it did his kind heart good to see so much happiness. The food was left about in easy places, and the cupboard door was always wide open, so that you did not have to scrape your shell getting underneath it. It was a grand place for beetles, and Butterwops told them that if they kept quiet during the day and came out only at night, things would go well for them. Indeed, I have no doubt it would have been as he said if they had only obeyed his instructions. But beetles, like children, sometimes forget to do what they are told. Little Jimmy, for instance, was never happy unless he was frightening people. And one afternoon, three or four days after they had arrived, when the wife and her worker were getting dinner ready, he scuttled across the room, helter-skelter right under their eyes. The girl saw him first and threw a fork at him. She bounded onto a chair, pulled her pants tight up around her legs and screamed out, Beetles! Black ones! In a moment, the wife dropped the kettle, which nearly landed on little Jimmy, and jumped onto the table herself, screaming louder than the worker. 
Little Jimmy could hardly get under the board he was laughing so hard. And old Butterwops, looking out cautiously from the woodpile, grunted to himself, Little Jimmy again! For he knew who must have done it as soon as he heard the women screaming. How long the two ladies might have stayed there screaming before they would have dared to step down onto the floor again, I do not know. But the husband came in just then, and hearing the cause of the trouble, laughed aloud and said, If there are beetles, I will get a beetle trap. And so he did. That night he brought one into the kitchen, and before they went to bed, he and his wife mixed up a dose of syrup and sugar and put it in the trap and left the trap on the floor. Butterwops was looking on all the time from out of the wood pile, and he laughed all down the back of his shell at them. He had seen that kind of beetle trap before. It was a box of wood with sloping sides to walk up and a sort of ink stand in the middle, leading to the sugar and syrup. When you walked up the sides, you smelled the mixture. And if you went to the edge of the glass inkstand, you fell in, and there was no getting out of it. That night, Butterwops was very anxious about the other beetles, for he knew how silly they were. So he got down right away and sat on the edge of the trap and told them all about it. As the husband had been silly enough to leave the sugar and syrup on the table, no one bothered about the trap. They had a merry feast, only spoiled by one silly young beetle tumbling headfirst into the syrup pot. And there the husband found him when he came down in the morning. When he found nothing in the trap and a beetle in the syrup pot on the table, he seemed very angry and threw both syrup and trap out the kitchen window. Tonight, he said, we will have a hedgehog. Butterwops, who had stuck his head out of his hiding place to see what was going on, drew it back quickly and shuddered at this, for he knew what hedgehogs were. His grandfather had been eaten by one in a garden close to the house, and he had heard they were terrible fellows for catching beetles, as indeed they are. Sure enough, that night the husband brought home a hedgehog, a little prickly round ball in a basket. He unrolled himself by the fire and had a cup of milk. Let's call him Curlywig, said the wife as she poured out the milk. He is such a little darling. Watch him drink. So they called him Curlywig, but he paid no attention to them and curled up on the rug and went to sleep. That night, Butterwops did not come down from the fireplace, but looked out from the woodpile in great trouble. When all his army of beetles were creeping and crawling over the floor, picking up food and having a rare good time, he kept shouting out from the edge of the log, Go home! Go home! 
there's a hedgehog in the corner. But some of the beetles went close to Curlywig to look at him and came back and said to Butterwops, Nonsense! It's only a mop head. You are growing old and nervous, General. Go to bed and let us eat in peace. Almost as soon as they had spoken, Curlywig unrolled himself and darted here and there and everywhere, around the room, gathering up the beetles furiously, while poor old Butterwops sat wringing his feelers and crying out from the woodpile, I told you to go home! I told you to go home! From that time onwards, there was no peace for the beetles. If one put his head up above a crack in the floor, Curlywig was onto him and he was snapped up. In three days, 104 beetles were caught, and the rest were all hungry. Butterwops himself had not tasted any food during all that time, and you could hear little Jimmy crying behind the board that he had nothing to eat and was very hungry. How long this might have gone on, no one can say. But at last, Butterwops had a bright idea. And the next night, as soon as the people of the house were in bed, he came to the edge of the woodpile and said to the hedgehog, Mr. Curlywig, sir. Curlywig looked up and seeing a beetle snapped his jaws at him, but said nothing. Mr. Curlywig, sir, can you explain to me why you are here? To catch beetles, I suppose. What better job can you have? I'd catch you if you would come down, though you look rather old and tough and there are lots of young ones left yet. Ah, but I won't come down, thank you, said Butterwop, smiling blandly. I suppose, he continued, as if he were merely thinking it out, you don't know what it is like to be caught, do you? Not I, said Curlywig. How would I? No, of course not, said Butterwops. Poor little fellow, how could he? It seems a cruel shame to bring him here for that. Poor little fellow. Who is a poor little fellow? asked Curlywig rather angrily. Well, that's what the wife said while you were asleep, said Butterwops innocently. She said, poor little fellow. I hope they won't hurt him catching him. Curlywig shivered in every prickle. Who is to be caught? He snapped out, looking round nervously. I think they were talking about you, went on Butterwops, quite coolly, as though he was talking about the weather. And the worker said, at the rate that you were eating beetles, she thought you would be slow enough by tomorrow. Dear me, dear me, said Curlywig, what horrible things these men are. I remember now when the husband of the house brought me and he said, oh, lean little thing he is but he'll soon fatten up at our house, for we are full of black beetles. Oh, what shall I do? What shall I do? What shall I do? Well, if I were you, continued the general calmly, I do not think I would stay, but do not go on my account. You might squeeze under the door if you wanted to, or 
you could stay and be caught. Curly Wig was now galloping around the room, shouting out, Oh, my poor prickles, my poor prickles! Butterwops continued slowly as though he were addressing a dear friend. I am really very sorry for you. Curly Wig did not hear all this. He had heard enough. The silly fellow believed every word Butterwops said to him and Curly Wig uttered a wild shriek, and away he fled under the door, across the garden, out into the fields beyond the church, where he hid in a dry ditch for three days, and dared not move out of fear the people of the house were looking for him. Then the beetles had peace, and grew up with the children who came to stay at that house and cleaned up the floors, and kept out of sight as much as might be. Even little Jimmy grew wiser and gave up frightening the wife. No one ever heard of Curlywig anymore, and everyone in that house, from the husband down to little Jimmy, lived happily ever afterwards. And that's the end of our story. Sleep tight. <laughs>